Hey, everybody, you're listening to the UNT College of Music In Context podcast, the show where we bring on a whole bunch of people from around the College of Music and we talk to them. <laughs> I'm Hayden Drew. Hello. I am half of your host experience. I am, of course, joined by the other half of the host experience, Miss Hannah Brayfield. It's me. Hello. And also, of course, with us this week is uh, one very special undergraduate. She's the president of NTMEA. She's the founder of one of UNT's up and coming community band ensembles, the Eagle Ensemble. And was an officer in Mu Phi Epsilon for some amount of time. <laughs> uh, anyway, please, everyone, welcome Miss Shauna Heisler. Everybody, Woo! say hi to Shauna. Yeah, Yay! Shauna, that's my big. Hi, everybody. Hi, Shauna. How's it going? I'm well. How are you all? We're Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks very much for coming on today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so, how's life? How is this whole situation i guess it could be a lot worse for me i'm at home with my family in houston i have my dog here his name's whiskey so i get to play with him a lot he likes to walk in circles so i follow him around circles so life's been pretty good with that (laughs) cute cool so um we know that you um you're elementary ed now right i am yes that's so cool. So we wanted to talk a little bit more about that because we feel like it's kind of like put towards the wayside, right, in the general music edo sphere. So could you tell us a little bit more about that whole like journey, I guess? Um, sure. Uh, well, I really initially decided to do it after I took um, Dr. Taylor's Music Ed 2 class, which that really touched on all things elementary music ed and it really opened up my eyes to the possibilities that learning that side of music education could really do to benefit all kinds of music education. So I wanted to learn more about that. I felt the best way to do that was to actually become an elementary ed major. And actually, it's for instrumentalists, it's called instrumental elementary. So you still learn a lot of the band side of things and how to play all the instruments. You take methods classes and everything, as well as um, focusing more on elementary-based classes. So um, that's kind of how I got into it. I thought it was really fascinating. It's something I'd never experienced before in my personal um, experience through elementary school and whatnot. So I thought it was super cool how much potential kids had to learn music. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, what are the main, uh, I guess, differences, you know? Um, well, again, like, a lot of the classes, they still line up. You still have to take... For elementary, you only have to do um, two years of marching band, but you still have to do that. You take all the basic core music classes and everything, the core music ed classes. It really, uh, the additional things that you do, you actually have to do um, two semesters of voice lessons and two semesters of choir, and those usually line up together. For me, I was a little weird because I'm a double major also, so it couldn't quite line up. But you do that also, and We're then there. Um, <laughs> you take 4109 and 4103 as your observation classes, where you go off to, I know for 4103, you go off to an elementary class like twice a week at an elementary school, and you get to observe in person and teach a little bit in that experience. So that's kind of cool. That's really all the differences, I, unless I'm forgetting something, which I might be. I have been <laughs> doing a lot of research on it recently, because I... Um, <laughs> Similar to your experience, I am just now, our final is on Tuesday, um, I've completed Dr. Taylor's Music Ed 2 class, and just like you, I was blown away <laughs> by all the possibilities of um, teaching elementary ed. So I'm currently in the process of changing my degree to the instrumental elementary track, and boy howdy, am I so excited, but so based on what you described, I'm just, ooh. <laughs> so, um... Let's see, I want to get into, like, how you decided music ed. So, when you were in high school, or where, like, what made you decide, I want to go do music as a living for my job forever? (laughs) I guess, kind of the cliche thing that a lot of people say, as I really couldn't see myself doing anything else. I had been a part of the leadership team since my sophomore year of high school, um, And actually, even before that, I think I knew I wanted to go that route. I just 
with middle school band, I found like a really, like music was my home and band was my home more specifically. And that's like where all my friends were. That was like the community I could escape to from the other perils of being a student in middle school. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just, I really fell in love with the community aspect of music, I think, and how it really brings people together. And I think right now that's even more apparent with us all being apart, we're still connected in some way with music. And that's kind of how I found my way into wanting to become a music ed major. Um, recently, actually, I was going through emails and deleting emails, and I found like an email from like 2012, 2000, 2011. And it was, I emailed the region band clinician said thank you and that you show me a lot of what I wanted to do and I want to become a music person just like you and it was really cool I just, like found that I was like oh neat but I think that's really how I found my way and honestly middle school made a big difference for me which is crazy how early that is but my middle school band director also created that environment and that community for me and I appreciate him to this day he, he still supports me with what I'm doing, so it's really cool how you find those connections and what, yeah. That's so wonderful. And you know, yeah. eventually you're going to become that figure for someone else, which is, ah, just priceless. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, what else around the personal life? Let's see, so whenever you went into music ed, um, when did you decide, oh, you know what, I love playing flute so much that I want to do that too as a degree? Like, what brought you towards that side of it? Um, that definitely happened in high school, I think. Uh, I guess I was first chair. And I felt like, hey, I, I could also learn a lot by pursuing the double degree as well. And honestly, I'm very glad. It's been a lot of work, but I'm very glad that I decided to go the double major route because I think I've learned a lot as a from the performance perspective. Um, and how that could affect students and how I can inspire students, I guess, more to pursue that degree of excellence in their performance just because I continued finding that degree of excellence myself, if that makes sense. But uh, I guess yeah. to answer your original question, that definitely happened in high school. Yeah, with being first chair leadership, people saw me as like a figure to follow and I felt like I had to keep up that persona i suppose in my performance <laughs> that's so sweet i love yeah. that you, the drive is incredible having two degrees is really hard i tried <laughs> to do it for like a semester and a half and went oh no <laughs> no 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 so shauna you're an a plus like human student everything <laughs> uh, um sure. i guess oh sorry i couldn't get that i'm sorry <laughs> i just said thank you you're making me blush <laughs> it's okay people won't see blushing yeah i hope we're, we're an audio only <laughs> podcast so like yeah <laughs> uh i guess kind of like on that in terms of like first chair leadership all that stuff uh we feel both of us really feel like you're kind of like this champion of of community building and that's something that me and hannah are really interested in ourselves so being really involved in ntmea and like the founder of the eagle ensemble how do you go about building these communities that I feel like you fostered so well? Oh, well, first, thank you. I'm glad to hear some positive feedback about some stuff that we're doing. Um, but <laughs> I guess I really enjoy connecting with people as kind of like, I like to think of myself as a quiet leader and a quiet kind of person. Um, and I like to do things and lead by example and lead by serving others. And I feel like in Team EA really gives me a platform to do that and build like that community by serving others. And a lot of like the resources and programs we just try to build are follow that effort in my heart. But um, I try to encourage other people that, hey, this is a way that we can come closer together um, and talk about things that interest us and become better educators in the process and learn more of the fundamental skills that we need to have to be successful in the future. That's just something that I'm really passionate about and I feel music provides the perfect environment to create a community that connects people across 
belief systems and across like ethics within the community and it just gives an opportunity for people to showcase their own abilities within a group effort. For the Eagle Ensemble, did anything specific kind of spark inspiration for we should have what is, you know, potentially a community band for um, instrumentalists who may or may not be music majors on campus, you know? Um, did anything specific kind of make you go, oh, ding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, if y'all remember, it was, um, it actually still has this program, but the Undergraduate Conductors Podium that we <laughs> started in creating that came before Eagle Ensemble. But honestly, that, that became a thing why because of like you know like the the selfless i want to create a community thing and serve others but also out of a selfish fear after taking fundamentals of conducting i was like oh boy i am not ready to conduct an ensemble and i need more practice but i can't <laughs> practice except by staring at myself yes um and so that's how that really came to or like that first initiated thought in my head is okay what if we provide this service because i'm sure other people feel the same way as i do with this fear about the unknown and not having enough experience um so that started like the undergraduate conductors podium and bringing that up with the ntma leadership who really helped grow that and develop that idea made a big difference and then as we started thinking about it um we could see a lot of potential for a resource such as that, especially as we started to create the Eagle Ensemble route where we can have more of a community band aspect to it, include like the entire campus. Um, that's where that idea of community and that passion to connect people from all spectrums of students came about. Um, we're still hoping to grow that ensemble and you'll hear some ideas coming up in the future about some things that we can do to really connect even <laughs> outside of like our university community and maybe with like other schools in the Denton area and even in the Dallas area and help serve in that capacity. But it really, it provides kind of a special platform to do these things while also addressing the fear of having to get up and conduct in front of a group, which still <laughs> terrifies me yes. now. Hayden and I are both about to, if um, the fall semester goes to, um, being online Hayden and I will have to do advanced conducting online in addition to having half of our um fundies class be online so we will be utilizing (laughs) (laughs) uh, the selfish side of (laughs) um eagle ensemble for the purpose of oh my god (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm just practicing conducting in front of this mirror that's behind me (laughs) yeah yeah technically we're trying to get better to help our kids understand why we're waving our arms around so it's not really selfish you know Oh, uh, listeners, um, for those of you who may or may not have been aware, the Eagle Ensemble, to explain, is an ensemble, um, volunteer ensemble, student-led, founded by our very own Shauna Heisler, and uh, now direct or coordinated by our very own co-host, Hayden Drew. Surprise. Ta-da! But um, the idea is that it's an ensemble for... Um, non-majors and for musicians who are within the College of Music, especially music ed majors, who want to learn a secondary instrument. So some of the, um, so far, what's been going on is some of the repertoire has been a little bit easier so that you can get more comfortable playing, especially if you don't get to practice on your instrument all the time because you're constantly going to, say, chemistry classes or flute lessons if you want to play clarinet. (laughs) But (laughs) um, the idea is that it's building this ensemble where not only can the students learn how to conduct, but they can learn other very valuable ensemble skills. In addition to providing the service of, you know, if you're a non-major, you may not be able to go be in a wind studies ensemble, but if you can go be in the Eagle Ensemble, it's such a cool community to just go to after school. Yeah, so, thank you for that. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, yeah, <laughs> what she said. That was the plug. You can play ad music behind that. <laughs> I think we might, we might edit that in. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, Eagle Ensembles aside, um, let's talk about uh, The Shades, because The Shades is, like, super cool. Oh, yes. It's like, ah, man. So you performed at TMEA recently, right? I did, and um, I guess we did. My, my flute quartet, for those of you who don't know, uh, my flute quartet's called The Shades Flute Quartet, which, to explain the name a little bit, we, we like to wear different colors, and so we figured, like, 
you could wear different shades of colors. But now we're thinking like, you know, like sunglasses shades, which is pretty cool too. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> oh, you guys should wear like that. wear them to every performance, you know? Like oh man, like what if each of you had like like a different style of shades, right? So like one of you had like exactly. the aviators, yeah. one of you had like the wayfarers. Man, I got it. I'm your number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've really been trying to expand, like, and get some more gigs and just try to put our name out there. And we've made, like, a Facebook page. We have a YouTube account. We now have a website. Um, but that first started, like, this – I guess we've been together for two years now. Um, but that's why we wanted to try and perform at Team Yay. We got in, and that was a super cool experience. Um, it was super fun. Actually, y'all don't know this, but recently one of the composers of a piece we performed at TMA reached out to us and was like, hey, thank you for performing my piece. Can I share your Aww. video? And I, that was super cool. So TMA really gave us like some exposure. We've had some band directors reach out to us asking like, hey, can we make videos for the kids? And it's just been a really cool thing wow. we've been able to do. And now we're trying to... That's um, amazing. I don't know if y'all seen, we've started our quarantine series. Yes, I love that. It's a play on the word quarantine. <laughs> I came up with that. I'm very proud of I it. Love Everybody it. else kind of rolls their eyes, but I'm proud of it. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing together. it and going, yes. <laughs> um, let's see. So in terms of playing with your quartet, how did it start? Were you a chamber group for um, like UNT's chamber studies or what inspired it, you know? Yeah, we were a chamber group for UNT. We all had kind of been floating around the past couple years being assigned to a random chamber group. And um, one day we have like a top secret thing on Facebook for all the flutes at UNT and um, I threw out there once, hey, does anybody want to form a quartet? And um, the other three members responded, um, and we became the quartet for UNT Chamber Studies. And we've found that we all really click together personality-wise, but also our sounds really blend together. And we're like, this is really special. We need to keep this going. Aw, that's so... Like what's yeah? What a good word. Word of the day. <laughs> Do you have a? Um, oh, go ahead. So, oh, no, wait. What were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Pieces she's performed. Oh yes. Me too. Do you have favorite pieces you perform? <laughs> like, what do you like? What styles do you like best? We like to consider ourselves um, a contemporary flute quartet, so we like to play more modern works and even works that were just written more recently. I mean, there's not a lot from back in the olden days of flute quartet music. There's not a lot written out there. So we we play a lot of newer stuff. Um, some of my favorites are definitely when we play something that's more jazzy. Like we played this uh, jazz suite, which was a three movement <laughs> jazz work. And it sounds kind of weird because it's all on flute, but it's also super duper cool because it has like some interesting effects. And I got to be first flute for that one. And I got to do this, this really cool improv section during the blues so I got to follow the blues progression and do a whole improv and that was super fun um but I also like some of our more lyrical works just because our tones blend so well that works like that that are just ballads really showcase like our beautiful tones and our beautiful harmonic connection I guess if that makes sense that's amazing. That's adorable. I love how you describe Aww. flute sounds. That makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, speaking of the way that your styles blend, um, so I know that I noticed that when I was watching your performance, um, that you like to use a variety of different kinds of flutes and kinds of sounds to create different timbral effects. Since you're just, you know, four flute players, so kind of like how brass band all uses different mutes and things to mix things up. Um, do you have a particular like favorite kind of flute to play or style of flute to play this ah. feels like a leading question <laughs> um 
I was going to ask you about bass flute. (laughs) Yeah. So I love the bass flute. I think it's the coolest instrument out there. It's so fun. It looks fun. Whenever people look at it, I get a lot of attention, so I like that. Um, But it it just looks really, really interesting. For those of you who don't know what a bass flute looks like, look it up because it's cool. But I really like just how different it is compared to other instruments and even like the flute in general while it has still has that characteristic flute sound its depth in um its tone and how low it can be is something that's really interesting to me and also because of the way the instrument's made you can use a lot of really cool extra effects on there such as like um finger slapping which makes the keys make the cool clicky sound but I really got into playing the bass flute probably in high school. Um, I had a flute choir in high school that we went to like the Texas UIL Sewing Ensemble with. Um, and so I was the bass flute, so I had my bass flute since then. And it's just a cool instrument. I got to perform with the National Flute Choir last summer at the NFA convention. And I was the principal bass flute, so I felt pretty fancy. I know. Ooh. Um, How many bass flutes were there? Three. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a lot more than I expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like. So. Oh, ooh. Oh, wait. That's like the I'm going to have to look that up after. I play trumpet, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, is that the triangle one? <laughs> Yeah. Nice, Aiden. <laughs> Look, I I have a pretty, I guess, I, I'm not very good at describing things, I suppose. I felt like, that like Especially with, like, <laughs> okay, well, like, if you've ever heard me do, like, give directions, I'm like, I can't. Go that <laughs> way. Right? Like, I can't give, like, straightforward directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, everything I do is, like, based off of the nearest, like, restaurant so i'm like turn left at whataburger and then uh there should be like a applebee's or something near there you know if you hit the so, wendy's you've the gone thing, too I guess. far <laughs> i mean those are things that are important you gotta know where those food restaurants are Values. yes definitely yeah applebee's i, I don't think uh, i've ever been to applebee's, been to applebee's actually there was, I remember on the Albuquerque trip for GB, literally the only thing that was where we were was an Applebee's, and I still didn't go. And, like, everyone went, and I was like, I'm, I refuse. I'm not going to Applebee's. I've heard that it's awful. I don't want to walk all that way. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Applebee cast coming soon. <laughs> Let's see. So, oh, I wanted to ask you um, more flute questions before we move on from the topic, actually. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm so unknowledgeable about the, yes. fl- it's crazy. It's so, Dude, I'm so bad too. at the flute. Listeners, for those of you who don't know, oh. oh, what was that, Sean? I'm sorry. Oh, me too. I was just agreeing. With- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not true. She's so good. But um, for listeners, for those of you who don't know Hayden or I, I play trumpet and Hayden plays euphonium. And I've taken. <laughs> play is a strong word. <laughs> we do our best. <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, I've taken woodwind methods, and I was terrible at flute. I don't know. Ha- have you taken woodwind methods, Hayden? I forget. Oh, have <laughs> I? <laughs> I I took one semester of woodwind methods, and this is this is before everything has gotten separated. So it was yes. um, it's you know where like all the instruments are in the same semester. So on my what like three weeks of flute, I I really don't think I made a sound. I made I, noises I think, on the head joint. Yeah. It was bad, but I made them. <laughs> I have a flute. I have a flute right there. I still, like, I've tried in in months past, and I, I can't do it. It's it's just not we happening for me. You, Shana. So. You're so good. Yeah, oh, we do. You're a queen. Yes. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. I agree. Ha-ha. <laughs> New Netflix series, Flute Queen. Featuring. Oh, but uh, for other flute questions, um... We had written about, um, you know, we wrote, we write up these questions, and sometimes we don't get to them because we perf- like we like it to flow naturally. But I feel like it's working now. But uh, <laughs> um, whenever non-flute players write music, like you can always tell when someone who's not writing, like someone who's not your instrument, writes for your instrument, you can tell. So would like, do you ever notice things on flute where you're like, did they know? 
how flute works, especially performing contemporary works when they're trying to get risky. Like, are there things you see in music that make you mad? Yeah. <laughs> um, luckily for us, flute's a pretty versatile instrument, so I guess my polite answer, especially if there are conductors out there who slightly terrify me, we'll make it work. Um, but <laughs> there's definitely some things, like certain intervals, that I'm just like, why is this here? Like, why am I going from a first octave up to the third octave C? That this doesn't make sense, and it's slurred together or something. You can't toggle between. <laughs> like that, the stuff like that doesn't really make sense for us. Um, let me. Th- I'm trying to think of other things. I don't know. I'm usually the kind of person who's just like, okay, I'll deal with it. I don't like to complain about that. I like to complain about other things. Um, That's honorable of you. I have a bunch of music on my desk, so I'm looking for things that annoy me. (laughs) First young sailor, cough, cough. Stars and stripes forever. Piccolo, that's like a thing. Like, we love that piccolo whatnot. Because everybody else hates the piccolo, so um, we like mm. the piccolo. listeners (laughs) listeners <laughs> shauna i don't know and i performed uh, i'm sorry shauna and i performed with the wind ensemble this past semester and we performed lincolnshire posey um it's a fabulous uh. recording oh but anyway so uh <laughs> <laughs> except for certain movements but it's fine but um <laughs> um shauna was the piccolo player there i'm sorry to expose you it was so good i just ah uh, and there was a <laughs> rehearsal where um the conductor professor cook um has you know, for those of you flute players out there listening to this podcast, all probably like three of you, um, who <laughs> Hi, <Brad. laughs> who have looked at the music for the fourth movement of Lincolnshire Posey, uh, would know that it's awful for fl- flute players and piccolo players alike. Um, so um, we come into there was this rehearsal, and Professor Cook wants to rehearse movement four, and he wants the flutes to get it right. <laughs> Um, at this college level ensemble, this man goes, you know, he stops, the, he stops the rep, he stops it and he says, okay, everyone, we're going down the line. And he starts like counting it off. And we're like, ah, and I play trumpet and I was sitting way in the back. And <laughs> even from my very far away vantage point, I could tell like there was stress and he was like pointing at Shauna and Shauna was ready. She had her piccolo ready to go. It was amazing. <laughs> and then he said he was joking, but was he oh. joking? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I could have done it, but I think you could have, because you're the only one yeah. on your part for that. I know that, that's no the thing help. about playing <laughs> You got to know your part. Everyone can hear you. Like, there's no hiding. Yeah. So do you like you just said a second ago that flute players or piccolo players really do like that part in Stars and Stripes Forever? Is that true? Like really? Because I know that there are a lot of parts. Like for us, we have the melody shop. And everyone goes, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, the euphoniums love the melody shop. We hate the melody shop. <laughs> we get to that part, and we're like, oh, okay. I guess, All no, right. we actually don't really like that. It is kind of overplayed. And like, <laughs> but, like, it's one of those things where, like, you have to know it, especially if you want to become, like, a professional, like, and you want to audition for, like, the military band, you're going to have to play that for either an audition or just yeah. you know you'll have to play it. So it's one of those things, like, you can either – be like, oh, I have to play this again. And you'd be like, okay, let's play Stars and Stripes again. <laughs> Do you think you would be interested, yeah. like, in the future? Because your career has you so versatile, you know, you could do music ed or performance. Would you consider auditioning for, um, like, a professional flute gig? Probably not. I really think my place in the world is in teaching. Um, I, I definitely think I can definitely continue playing on the side and um, hopefully continue with like the Shades Flute Quartet since we all love each other so much. Uh-huh. Yes, you, Francisco. But um, <laughs> um, probably not. I mean, if there were an opportunity that were just I could not possibly refuse, maybe, but I doubt anything <laughs> like that would happen. I, I really think my place is in teaching. Speaking of that, uh, would you say that your performance at the performance aspect of um, your like college career, you know, the way that you um, work with 
the shades, does that affect the way that you approach the music ed side of what you do? Because it's all kind of connected. Like, what have you noticed about that? Deep question. Um, yes, I, I definitely think they're connected in so many ways. I think in performing, especially I, I teach private flute lessons, in continuing to perform and like interact with my quartet, I learned so much from them. Like the members of my quartet teach me so much just about the idea of music, how we can feel about it, and even just so many like technical things that le- just learning by being with them and being in their presence helps me get a lot of information that I could therefore give to my students, I think, in that sense. But also having like, since we're so connected and we're all really good friends with each other, um, that shows me again, like that idea of community building and building community. The community I have with those people in my quartet is something that I want to grow and continue, maybe alter in certain ways, make it more kid friendly, I guess, but um, something (laughs) that I think can really be beautiful in the classroom and the the band hall and if that makes sense that's a clumsy way to get through that that's such a beautiful answer you topped my question times 200 i ah (laughs) heart full chef kiss (laughs) (laughs) uh so um (laughs) this this might be a bit of like a like a biased question because we're all a part of Oh, you know what I'm about I, yeah. to do, huh? Yeah. <laughs> We're all in this in this MUFI thing, right? So um, for anyone that, like, I'd like to ask this for, like, anyone that might be listening and might be like, oh, maybe I might want to join that. Might, that might be cool. Um, how has your journey through that, like, shaped your educational journey, I guess, through, like, uh, so college? So I joined MUFI my second semester of freshman year. So I've been in, I guess, I can't do math. It's okay, you're a music major. Yes, I know. That's what I tell my um, accountant brother all the time. Uh, He can do the math. But um, uh, again, I like to do this a lot where I make everything connect to one another. That community idea, Joining a fraternity, especially one of the professional music fraternities, gave me opportunities to connect with people on a higher level. Maybe less on, like, I mean, definitely on, like, the emotional side and the friendship side. I have really good friends in MUFI, but it's a lot of, like, the professional side. Like, you have opportunities to perform. You have opportunities to volunteer and opportunities just to make a difference in the world through music. And it's such a great way to do that because you do it with other people who have the same interest at heart um and honestly even not just MUFI but like by Mu Alpha and SAI they have like the same ideals with that and the idea of serving through music really touched me and that's something that I hope to continue going on to the future but MUFI gave me that outlet like I I loved being on the serve committee and um just coming up with ideas of how we can make a difference through music and that helped me get through a lot of things just because I I love to help other people and having that outlet to do that made it a lot clearer of what I wanted to do in my professional career and how I wanted to approach things in my professional career. Sure. Yeah. That's adorable. That's like, (laughs) you're you're so good. You're so good at interviewing. (laughs) Um, for, uh, MUFI, let's see, do you have any particular favorite, like, outstanding memories of doing a particular serve thing and feeling a certain way about it? Like, what do you remember best about it? I remember a lot of stress (laughs) with, um, (laughs) a couple of the activities, because they're pretty big projects. Like, um, when we go to the homeless shelter, we like to make a meal for the homeless shelters we go and buy all the ingredients we make the meal it's usually enchilada casserole because that's pretty easy but also pretty good and then we have to like transport it to the homeless shelter and then we serve at the homeless shelter um and i was in charge of putting that together for a few runs um and it was just really impactful i guess because you 
get to interact with people who need that connection and they need that socialization because so often people are just ignored on the streets or just blown off um and so it's i liked being able to help those people i guess in that capacity and give my peers an opportunity to see how they can continue making a difference not even just in this one instance of um, serving at the homeless shelter but maybe how they interact with people outside of the college of music as they go out into the community because i think that's something important we get stuck in our bubble of the college music so often and <laughs> that's something i'm trying to break even with mu5 but also like in team EA, i'm trying to bring the outside in and show us that there is a world out there that we can make a big difference just through our act of being musicians and we have the physical capacity to do so so we should help oh yes that's such a ah all your answers are beautiful <laughs> so i wish i could paint them all interpretive <laughs> oh that's cute so tell us a little bit more about that so like what's i guess the future for ntma like what's the vision well going luckily forward? we have a brand new leadership team and it's expanded we've added um four new positions i guess to our executive board team and it's just really that idea of bringing the outside in. I want to provide more resources that let us go out and make a difference actively through our music. And not only are we helping others, but we're helping ourselves grow professionally and we're getting the necessary experience and skills that we'll need to become effective leaders and educators out in the world, in our schools, wherever we go to teach after we graduate. So, um, I need to talk to our leadership team actually, but something I kind of want to do with Eagle Ensemble is I want to make it more of like a benefit community ensemble. So I want to invite more community members to be a part of it, but also I want to have maybe one or two concerts a year that are actually a benefit concert. So we'll raise money for some kind of charity with that. Um, along with that, I'd like to continue bringing a group of students to the team EA convention because I think that was really important how we were able to fund a bunch of people to go to that convention for such a small amount of money and especially a lot of people who maybe otherwise would not have been able to go because they couldn't afford that I think that's something that's really important and then um, just even throughout the summer as we're all separated and we can't really talk to one another and interact I want to create some programs um, Actually, one thing I'm really excited about, and it may or may not launch, um, is a book club over the summer. But it's like yes! not your normal everyday book club. It's going to be like the cool book club. Um, and hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to invite the music ed professors to participate in that and make a really cool way. Again, emphasis on the cool. So everybody's got to join. <laughs> way to interact with one another while continuing our education and learning a lot about ourselves and music that's so cool i well yeah i'm cool. excited again <laughs> number one fan i'm ready <laughs> i guess for the future I, I did want to ask more questions about your future like do you have any specific plans for you know things you're looking forward to the most in the future hopefully after, after the ronas go away fingers all the fingers are crossed <laughs> Um, my toes are crossed. My, my toes are, are crossed, crossed. My heart but is anyway. crossed. Uh. <laughs> so things like student teaching, specific you know experiences, you're just super stoked for. What's on your mind about the future? Oh, that's also a weighted question. I'll ask the good stuff here. Um, I guess I'm, I'm just really excited to get out there. Yeah, for student teaching especially, I, I think it's so cool how we get to go under hopefully a really amazing helpful individual who will kind of like take us by the hand and show us this is the world that you can be in um i'm really excited for that just to be able to learn in that way because i love just observing things i like to just like i think i learn best by just like sitting and taking it in and absorbing i'm like a sponge so i think student teaching gives you that opportunity to do that um, and then after graduating, I'm just really excited just to get out there and hopefully get a job <laughs> somewhere nice <and laughs> with some kids who just want to buy in and maybe create my own culture of 
coolness. I like the word cool today. I don't know why. But <laughs> That's the title of this podcast. Shauna Heisler, The Culture okay. of Coolness. Ah, yes. It's practically an NTMEA clinic or a TMEA clinic. <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah, I guess that's kind of my future. And I, I could potentially see myself continue on my, with my own education and maybe going to grad school somewhere down the line after getting some years of teaching experience. So we'll see. Cool. Do you have a particular subject you might want to focus on as like a research um, query or to be decided? Um, somewhat to be decided, but like I have like a list on my phone of potential research papers and research opportunities I could do just for fun because I think of something I got to write it down or else I'll forget because I'm very yes. forgetful. Um but one idea I've had was kind of how we could use more of the elementary theories and educational possibilities and educational tools that are used in that capacity in like maybe like a middle school secondary setting. I feel like they're so separated and you can really see that in like even the college music how like they're separated and I want to know is there a reason for them to be separated or can we use more of these elements in the secondary setting and I think we actually do use a lot of the elementary theories and then meaning like um Kodai and Dalcros and Orf and stuff like that um I think we do we just don't know about it and I think it'd be nice to maybe define it a little bit more and um see how we can use it more to our advantage just to help kids learn in a better way and just create like that love for music even if they don't go off to become musicians I think that's something that's interesting to me and right now I've been really interested in like the social importance of music not just like for us but for like connecting individuals across communities I think right now with the pandemic going on it's like more apparent than ever how important having like the unifying factors of music are even just for regular old Joes out in the community so there's a couple things I'm interested in but I mean Still to be determined. That's like 10 years from now, so. <laughs> Your future is so bright. You're such a lovely, just entire person. Yes, and I'm absolutely. so excited to see what you come up with. I will avidly read your research because same. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Is it time? I think it's time. Oh my God, it might be time. Oh ah! no, it's time. <laughs> okay, so. Let's get low. Oh. <laughs> okay, so um, in the last 15 minutes of the show, we have a rapid-fire segment of questions to go through. So uh, just answer the questions, I guess. Uh, great. Yeah, uh, am I okay. you or me first, Hannah? Let's see. You're green. We color-coded them. We actually wrote these okay. ones. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Gotta get ready. Gotta shake it out. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite fruit fruit. <laughs> okay. That's getting cut out. Cut. <laughs> okay. <I'm sorry. laughs> okay. All right. Actually, that's hilarious. Please. No. Okay. Right. Whatever. Okay. Take two. Favorite fruit fruit. God. <laughs> <laughs> we can't curse on the podcast. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Try again. Okay. It's falling apart. Okay. <gasps> Favorite fruit floof. <laughs> Go. You do, do it. it. You do it. <laughs> okay. We're going. We're going. Question one. Favorite fruit loop flavor. They have flavors? That's what I said. <laughs> the, the blue one? Yeah, the blue one. Are there one. blue ones? Yeah, there are blue ones. I, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm I guess sorry. it depends okay. on what your definition of blue is. Like, I think they're kind of like in... This is rapid. Indigo. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Favorite color. Favorite color. <laughs> orange. Green. Orange. Sorry. Yeah. Green. It's supposed to be green, but it's orange. Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Favorite Skittle. <laughs> the tropical ones. The tropical ones? I like the tropical ones. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no way. Okay, so which, wait, what? Uh, what flavors are in the tropical ones? They're like combination. It's like strawberry, kiwi. Um, I haven't had Skittles in forever. I don't know. I just like it. It's a blue bag. 
it is kind of appealing. I'll give him that. The blue bag is okay. cute. Oh yeah, okay. it's like the dark blue one. No, 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 it's the light blue one. Yeah, right? it's like an aqua. Yeah, aqua. Cute. Mm. Okay. Vibes. Is it flutist or flautist or fluter tutor? Okay, this is not a rapid fire question, by the way. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this. I'm very passionate about it. Actually, I went and shipped something to a friend the other day, and the guy at the package place asked me this question. I believe it is flutist because we play the flute, especially in America. And maybe many European countries, it's pronounced flout, and that's why where the word flautist kind of came from. So, you know, it's both are fine. Both are accurate. I prefer the rootin' tootin' flutin'. Is that what you said? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> Fluter tutor, it, it's flutist. Yes. I feel like that's a valid substitute. I think so, too. <laughs> Favorite Dippin' Dots flavor? Cookies and cream. Mm. That's a good choice. I I like that flavor. Mm -hmm. Okay, what would you say is your Pokemon type? Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not a big Pokemon person. You answer that question for me. Okay, what do we grass think? Type? Uh, water. I would say grass type. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> are there any that are both? I haven't looked Wait, in a there long is time. A lip, lip toad. There's like a little, okay, there's a little blue toad guy, and he's got like a little lily pad on his back, Aww. and he's adorable. I love him. I don't know what his name is, but, or his or her. It's 2020. There. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> Ideal union lunch. Ideal what? Union lunch. Oh. I don't know the answer to this one either. Chicken nuggets? That's fair. From where? <laughs> There's a right okay. answer. There's definitely a right answer. <laughs> I like the Tyson Dino Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yeah. Awesome. That was it. That was the right the answer. The answer is not Flat Top Grill, No, no. You're wrong. <laughs> Flat Top Grill is so good. How do you beat how do you beat the 10 nugget slash 5 tender combo meal? You get a drink, you get chips, you get <laughs> nuggets. Okay, this isn't even rapid okay, at yeah, all. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. What is it? Oh, least favorite instrument, trumpet. <gasps> oh, okay. It's okay. I couldn't I don't play methods and I just don't like it. <laughs> It's okay. It's not for everyone. It's an acquired taste. It's not for no one. Um, okay. okay. If you had to name your kid a music term, what would their name be? Oh, depends if I want to be a nice parent or a mean parent. <laughs> mean parent. <laughs> mean parent? Hmm. Trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving <Wow>. on. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you rather fight... 100 piccolo-sized tubas, or five tuba-sized piccolos. If I had to fight them? Yeah. Well, like, the the tuba-sized piccolos. I guess that's fair. You would be prepared to handle Can't argue that. with that. You would know their weakness. Bring out my okay. bass flute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Practice north or south, and why? North, because it doesn't smell as bad. It totally does. You think? It doesn't smell as bad. I think they smell equally <laughs> terrible. Different no, South bad. smells worse. South's female restroom has a non-working stall, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. If you had to pursue a career outside of music, what would you want to do? What would I want to do? Underwater basket weaving? That's a thing, right? It's not yeah. the major, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a major. That one. Here at UNT. Or like. Do not look that up. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, hey, we're not affiliated with, with the university. We can totally say that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, everyone, look up the underwater basket <laughs> weaving course. And you will find code. nothing. Okay, what is your Chick-fil-A sauce of choice? Polynesian sauce. Yes! Good on spicy chicken yes! sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, that one's so good. Okay, no one believes me. Everyone's like, I like the Chick-fil-A sauce. Everyone's like, I like the barbecue. It's the Polynesian, Okay. The Polynesian is like sweet. It's like tangy. I, it's good. Okay. Dude, put it on spicy <laughs> a spicy chicken sandwich. It's it's mind blowing. Yeah. I love it. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Okay, go. Okay. Do you have any guilty pleasure songs or composers? Please share with the class. Guilty pleasures. I don't know. Well, the Shades Flute Quartet just arranged a thing of by 
toxic for Britney Spears. <laughs> so that's, that's yes! kind of a guilty that's pleasure. That's not guilty. So. <laughs> that's so good. I was thinking it would be like Beastie Boys or something. It's like super <laughs> out of character. Lil, Lil Thug. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How was your day? Pretty good. I had Whataburger for lunch. I taught some flute lessons, so I got paid. I got to sleep in because I'm done with school. I finished school yesterday, so pretty good. Hey, getting paid. Uh, oh, I'm excited about this one. Oh, we have one last very important question. It's the last one. Okay. What is your favorite candy and why? Gummy worms. This is awesome. <laughs> Easy question. Gummy worms are my favorite candy because my birthday is also National Gummy Worm Day. And I think that's just a beautiful thing for my favorite candy to be gummy worms when they both have the same day for celebrating both things. I agree. So do you prefer, like, <laughs> the sour gummy worms or just, like, the regular old, like, Joe Schmo gummy worms? You know, I like both. But um, I think normally I'd prefer, like, the regular mm. Joe Schmo. Because those last longer for me. If I get the sour ones, I gotta eat them all in one go. Um, <laughs> you can't. You yeah. can't. Have you ever burned your tongue out. on the sour ones? Yeah, like you, you, you if it's you do intense. that, you can't. You have to keep going. You can't just spread them out, or else you'll have like that feeling all day. You gotta have that feeling in a small amount of time. Whereas the regular ones, you can kind of space them out. You're like, oh, I'll eat a gummy worm this minute. Maybe two minutes later, you'll eat the rest of the bag. So you know, spread it out. <laughs> yeah and actually i've i i've heard this from someone i'm not i think it might have been you actually that said that there's like this specific brand of gummy worms that's like like the one right and it's like some they like sell it somewhere i don't know where do you have like a specific like is it haribo is it like is there like a specific brand that you uh i don't like the haribo ones actually i i don't think those are good but the Bucky's ones are pretty good. But you have to make sure, like, the bags looks okay. Like, it has to be a little moist. I don't know, sorry. It has to be a little moist inside the bag. <laughs> and, like, you, you have to have... <laughs> I know. Um, but it has to have, like, that kind of texture inside the bag. I wish I could show you. And, like, that's when you know that this is going to be a good bag of gummy worms. I'll have to go with you. For Valentine's Day, I got Shauna um, some gummy worms from Bucky's because we were on our way to Team EA. And um, were they good? Did I do good? I didn't know what to look for. <laughs> I don't remember. I think that was one of those bags where I ate them That's all okay. in one go. <laughs> so quality was unimportant then. Yeah, I, I was just, I needed those gummy worms. So thank you for that. But <laughs> Okay, well, I'll have to come with you and pick them out next time so that we know that they're good. But I think that's everything. That was the end. Yeah. You did such a wonderful job, Shauna. What a perfect first undergrad for our Aww. show. Yeah. Uh, thank y'all. And with that, it's about the end of the show. So we'll catch you next week when we have the amazing Dr. Taylor on. But for now, that's it for us. Have a great week. Uh, stay safe and uh, make some music, yeah? Hey, everybody, thanks again for listening to the UNT College of Music in Context podcast. What'd you think? Our parents have allowed us to have some more social media accounts, so in addition to following our Twitter, at UNT Comic Podcast, go ahead and like and follow our Facebook page, which is also at UNT Comic Podcast. Surprise, they're the same. <laughs> so you can check either of those to see announcements, new episodes weekly, and a place for you to ask your very own questions to our guest each week in a segment called, drumroll please cleverly titled viewer question segment woo yeah a week before we interview our guests you can check our socials for a post which you can reply to with all of your burning questions i know you have them i did <laughs> okay well thanks for watching this is me hayden drew and hannah <laughs> signing off we'll catch you guys next week love y'all bye